0: better than ever hear all this fine beautiful wonderful valentine's day in 2024 i hope you are Looking forward to celebrating love on this wonderful day. Love with your spouse, love with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner or whoever it is you're celebrating love with. I hope you are looking forward to that taking place today. And on this very special episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast, this show is dedicated to a man who on February 14th in the year 1971 won his third Daytona 500. It was Mr. Richard Petty. And guys, I'd like to thank you for listening and downloading episode 293 of the Jay Stevens podcast. During today's show, we will welcome Philip Jordan back to the show. He is the host of the Philip Jordan Show. As him and I talk about the Chiefs winning Super Bowl 58, the way that we view Patrick Mahomes and do a little Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady comparison and comparing the Chiefs to the Patriots as well. But then also dive into college football and some fun topics about the sport we love, football. Not just at the NFL level, but also the college football level as well. And I know there are people out there that may be wondering, Jay, why do you dedicate a show to someone? It could be anybody. It could be a team. Why do something like that that's not normal? Well, one, I don't want this show to be normal. I want it to be so unique and so abnormal that you keep, Coming back to listen to what's going on here on the show, that's one thing. I want to make this show unique. But also, number two, it helps you with talking to your boys, or maybe your girls, and sports trivia comes up, and you're able to ask a question. And someone says, hey, go out a sports topic, a sports trivia topic, a question, and we're going to try to guess the answer. And you're going to say, well, on this date, in this year, this man did this. And they're going to sit there and wonder, how in the world do you know that? And you're going to say, well, it wasn't a Google search. I simply listened to the Jay Stevens podcast, and Jay gave me that little nerd note, and I delivered that nerd note to you, and this is how we got to where we currently are. just want to have a little fun with the show, a little bit of fun with you, and maybe you can have a little fun with your friends as well. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Dothan, Alabama to enjoy our fun conversation with Philip Jordan, who is the host of The Philip Jordan Show. We all watched it. It was Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs won the game in overtime. And I was trying to figure out the right way to go about discussing and reacting to Super Bowl 58, Chiefs 49ers. And Philip Jordan is the guy that came to my head. He's the host of The Philip Jordan Show. Been around for a long time, Philip. You've been on this show numerous times, and I'm glad to have you back this week to react to the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl.
1: Uh, Jay, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I know don't let my uh, Twitter handle, PJNCC fool everybody. I'm Mr. NFL, college, whatever, football. But yeah, I'm glad to be on. Interesting game, uh, a lot to discuss. Uh, But, you know, we just got to shake it off. That's that's just all we got to (laughs) do.
0: I like what you did there. I like that. This game, to me, had a little bit of everything. Had phenomenal coaching. Had some poor coaching. Had some interesting calls by the refs on both sides. Had players getting injured. Had good quarterback play. Had fumbles in the first quarter by both teams. Ultimately, took an overtime game, overtime moment for the Chiefs to win this game. When I think about this game and uh, Patrick, I almost said Philip Rivers. Uh, oh, I don't want to go back in time. Uh, when I think about Patrick Mahomes and the game that he had, and ultimately winning was it three Super Bowl MVPs now? I am amazed at what he's done so far in his career, his young career. I am astonished that he's able to do it over and over and over. And Philip, in the moment, I said it to you off the air, I'm going to say it again right now. To me, he had a Tom Brady moment in the fourth quarter. And in overtime, I didn't really think it was going to happen. I didn't. You put together a long drive, you find a way to get the 49ers out of out of sync, not on the same page. I can't give all the credit to Patrick Mahomes. Like it was it's a team sport, the ultimate team sport. But he had one of those moments where in the moment, Phillip, I'm saying, wait a minute. We're gonna be talking about this drive for years and years and years to come.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I've been saying it. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs have replaced the New England Patriots. I mean, they've taken that spot. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's like he's almost inevitable that into the game. I mean, when they went up 19, uh, when they went up by three points, they kicked the field goal in overtime. I was like, they're done. There's no way I don't think Patrick Mahomes is not going to go down there and score a touchdown. Right. I mean, that's why I disagreed with the 49ers taking the ball. I would have kicked it. First, I, I, because of my reason why I feel like either scenario, Kansas City was going to score a touchdown mm-hmm. when they got the ball first in overtime. All right, well, you know what you need to do. You can go down, score a touchdown, and go for two and end it, and just do it that way. That I, but you know, it's it's just one of the things. I mean, you just can't stop it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had just found a way, and then the thing about it, the biggest plays on that drive were made outside of the touchdown throw with his legs, fourth and one, big run. I mean, Mahomes doesn't run the ball a lot, but when he has to, he makes some big runs. And another thing with him over the years now, this year especially, he's patient now. Yeah. He doesn't – he's not going to force it. And obviously, without Tyreek Hill, they do not have the big play wide receivers like they, they did before with Tyreek Hill, who's now in Miami. But he he's learned patience, and he's got Travis Kelsey, and kind of, it's kind of what Brady had. It, it, we all, in the whole lead-up to this game, everybody talks about how Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's what Patrick Mahomes has been this year. Mm-hmm. And that's not a negative thing. Not at all. Oh, uh, uh, little tease uh, for the Philip Jordan Show, uh, former quarterback and uh, alternative league football quarterback, Brandon Silvers. I had him on the show. We talked about this. And I said, "Isn't game manager what the quarterback's supposed to be?" He goes, "Yeah, you manage the game." Basically, I'm paraphrasing what he said. That's the quarterback's job to manage the game, and Patrick Mahomes did it really really well to end that game.
0: You know, you talk about that comparison with the Chiefs and Patriots, and it's very similar in different ways. Early on, there were really good plays by tight ends for the Patriots. Now they didn't have a Uh, Travis Kelsey back then at the beginning of that run. Mm -hmm. But they had good tight end play. They had good offensive line play. Now, the Chiefs offensive line, I don't think, is as good consistently as the Patriots O-line was. But you still have really good O-line play. The one thing that I think is very interesting in the comparisons, the running backs don't matter. The receivers don't matter. The Costa is the quarterback, the offensive line, and you figure out with the pieces you have on the team. It's so weird to look at Tom Brady and his run, the first one with the Patriots, and the second one with the Patriots. You got Wes Walker in there. You got Danny Amendola in there. The other receivers you don't really know about, was it uh, Deion Branch, I think was one of the guys. Um, there were some guys that I realized and I remember a little bit by face because the Patriots dominated the Colts for a lot of that rivalry in the early 2000s. I don't want you. To, I hope if I saw a smirk in your face or a smile, Philip, only a little upset because I'm still a little sore about that time oh, period of my just, life. I
1: just, I just remember those games. I just remember <laughs> uh, uh, Corey Dillon playing for the Patriots oh, back gosh. in the day in that Because you know, you brought up. You know, we think about well, Brady. We think of how he, you know, when his career ended. Yeah, throwing the ball around those first three teams. Tom Brady was a game manager. Yes, he was. Corey Dillon running the ball. And a couple of receivers i remember, maybe I'm dating myself here, David Patton, who caught the, the, tu- one. He That's the, the one touchdown against the Rams, against the Rams, against the greatest show on turf. And Troy Brown uh, was another one uh, there. So uh, they were built on their defenses. You know, those those guys they had on their defenses. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it wasn't a smart that I was glad that the Colts lost. I was, you know, kind of sometimes rooting for Peyton Manning to get over the hill on that one. But, uh I just I just remember those. I just remember those encounters. But it was always back then, the Colts always had to go to New England. Yeah. Finally in 06. I felt like the rock saying finally. But anyways, uh when they got the, the Patriots in in Indianapolis, in the dome, uh when they when they beat them before they won a Super Bowl against the Bears.
0: It's weird, Ben, the, the comparison between those two teams and those runs. The Patriots' defense was dominant. The Chiefs' defense was really good this year. I think it's a lot better than people even gave them credit for. When you look back at the numbers and what they did and how many points they gave up, it's like, wait, this defense isn't no. It's not just like your average defense. They were a big reason why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. But when you think about like the game manager that were at phrase, I don't like the way that it's utilized. In oh, either in sports and public football conversations, I usually say it's poor analysis, Philip, because a quarterback is supposed to manage the game. I don't care if you're Michael Vick, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Steve Young, Philip Rivers, as I say his name on purpose this time, Dan Orlovsky. I don't know. I don't care what you are. Your, your job is to manage the game. You can be a triple option quarterback that plays for Nebraska – or you could be, or could be a, a, spread, a spread quarterback that doesn't run the ball at all. You manage the game with your skill set. People use it to knock Brock Purdy, but no, he's a phenomenal quarterback who is a game manager. Patrick Mahomes is the same way, just like Tom Brady. My one thing that I've seen people say, Phillip, in reaction to this game, never to go back and break down quarter by quarter because it, it's, People have done that so much over the over the first twenty four hours of the game actually being played. That's not this is not the place for that. But one thing people do when they t- talk about Patrick Patrick Mahomes, oh, he's on the Mount Rushmore already, or he is an all time great, or he's the best I've ever seen. The one thing I say with hesitation to that, he hasn't played long enough to be in those conversations. It's very much like. Let's say a running back, really good running back. Three out of the first four years he's in the NFL wins two, wins three scoring rushing titles. Um, has the most rushing touchdowns in two of those four years, but then he's done due to a season end, career ending injury. You would not say he's the best running back of all time because of the time period he's been put in playing the football. Patrick Mahomes, if he does this for another five years. I might say he's up there. I might say he's maybe better than Tom Brady. To me right now, I still got to give Tom Brady the nod. But mainly, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has played long enough to be in these all-time or Mount Rushmore conversations.
1: And then, yeah, I've seen it too. People are, people are already wanting Patrick Mahomes to pass Tom Brady. Well, one, he's got four more Super Bowls to win. Right. And then he's got to play to his 45 years old. That's the thing that I think. We, we all talk about the Super Bowls, right, with Brady. And, obviously, championships, that's the important part. But still the longevity. And I know his last year in Tampa didn't go good. But I also think Tom seemed like he had some other stuff going on yeah. with with the family. So, I'm not going to really knock him for that. But the man played till he was 45 years old and at a very high level. Because the year before, you can argue at age 44, he should have won the MVP.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was one of the best players in the league. And at 44, I mean, we see quarterbacks play to 40, but still doing what he did at that level. So Patrick Mahomes has to prove that he has the longevity. He's got to win more Super Bowls. And also Tom proved something about himself when he went from New England to Tampa Bay. He won one without Bill Belichick. Can – Patrick Mahomes, we'll find out eventually if he could win one without Andy Reid, because Andy Reid's not a young man. He's going to retire probably soon. He just, he just, I just feel that way about him, just watching him. So that's another thing. That's what adds to the legend of Tom Brady. He went to Tampa Bay when everybody thought he was done. A lot of people thought he had, he couldn't play anymore after whatever thing that happened with New England. He goes to Tampa Bay with. A better uh, supporting cast, and he wins another Super Bowl. So that's another thing with Tom that makes him makes him the goat.
0: You know that question or that thought about Mahomes doing going to, simply going to a Super Bowl without Andy Reid not not simply winning one, simply getting there is hard enough. But to win one without the coach that has been the constant since he's been in the National Football League will speak volumes about the coach. I mean, the player that he is. One thing, and I'm a, I'm always going to be a Peyton Manning guy. Always. It's not going to change. One thing I love about Peyton Manning was he left. Well, he was kicked out of Indianapolis after he had a really bad shoulder surgery, shoulder injury, missed the entire year. Went to Denver, broke records but still found a way with a different coach, a different scene. Um, not really, uh, even in that year, Phillip, not being able to really throw the ball past 10 yards. Like his arm was was shot at that point in time. But he found a way to win in adverse situations up there in age without the coach or coaches that got him to be the quarterback that he was in Indianapolis. It's a lot to really sit here and say, hey, Patrick Mahomes is going to do this with anybody. It's really tough to make those comments because you don't know what's going to happen. A new head coach could come in. Eric Bieniemy could go back, but I'll be the head coach and it could be a totally different feel and vibe for the Kansas city chiefs. Will he go somewhere else? I don't know. He signed a 10-year contract worth half a billion dollars. So I don't know if he'll be if he'll go and be traded, because that's a lot of money to acquire for a new franchise. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But man, I'm real sitting here thinking like, I don't like it's it's highly unlikely another quarterback will be able to go to another team and win without the coach that made them help them be, become famous and make a lot of money and help them be who they are. For Peyton to do it, it was great. For Brady to do it, not great on my part. I couldn't stand it. But for his career as a whole, it was good for his career. Um, Joe Montana, did he do anything with the Chiefs? No. You see quarterbacks that are all over the place. NBA, I, I like NBA basketball. Scottie Pippen went from the Bulls to the Blazers. Really good team, but couldn't get past Phil Jackson and the Lakers and Kobe and Shaq. So just because you're really good at what you do, does it mean a new scene a new city or a new coach will also help you have the same success you had prior to going to a new city or that new coach running the team?
1: You know, and I know we're talking about football here. You're talking about Pippin between Chicago and Portland. He went to Houston during oh, the lockout. I forgot year. about that.
0: My God. He
1: was with, he was with Barkley and Elijah Wan. And I think Clyde Drexler, too. And they were the five seed and got beat by the Lakers pre-Phil Jackson Yes, uh, in that playoff. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's and here's another thing. How will Patrick Mahomes be without Travis Kelsey? Because Kelsey's older than him, and we have seen – look, I'll say this, and I know they just won the Super Bowl, and Kelsey played great in the playoffs, but if I was starting a team, the, the tight end in that game I'm taking is George Kittle. I think George Kittle's right now a better player than Travis Kelsey. Um, and you know, I hope nobody has bad blood over me saying uh, that (laughs) comment. Um, anyways, uh, I I think people know what I just did there. But how will Patrick Mahomes be without Travis Kelsey? Because you know that was the thing with Brady. You know, we keep talking about the comparison with him and Brady, the longevity. Brady went through different tight ends, different receivers, just supporting cast. And look, we know. Look at it. Um, they could have won that game in regulation. Rice was open. But where did where did Mahomes go with the ball? He went where he trusted. He trusted Travis Kelsey. It was incomplete. What happens with him? What kind of leader is he without Travis Kelsey? Because mm-hmm. I think the leadership of that team is on the when it comes to the players. There's three guys. It's it's Jones on defense, and then of course it's Mahomes and Kelsey. But I kind of wonder how Mahomes is going to do when uh, when Kelsey's no longer able to play. Look, this is the NFL. We know good and well, if it comes to it where he's not being helpful for the team, they'll probably move on from Kelsey. Like I said, he's getting older, and I think we saw signs of him slowing down this season.
0: Think about this, though, Philip. Tell me about Travis Kelsey. Let's go with throw his brother in there, too. Jason Kelsey's 36 years old. Jason. Travis Kelsey's 34. We're talking about a quarterback in Tom Brady who plays until he's 45 years old. That's insane. We're watching in real time LeBron James. And it don't matter if you watch his games every night, once a month, or never. You know LeBron James. You know he's still playing NBA basketball. And he's almost 40 years old. We're mm-hmm. in a weird era in in sports where guys that are normally at, at that age are at home with their kids rolling around on the ground. They're still playing the sport they love at a high level. I don't know how much longer Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey can go. Because I think part of the – my wife talked about this, too, before the game even started. She said Travis Kelsey looked nervous. And it was not just like a nerve, like a football game or the Super Bowl. Is he more nervous than normal. And I wonder – this has nothing to do with Taylor Swift at all. Nothing. So I'm going to get that out there right now. I wonder if he is thinking about hanging it up soon. Maybe a year. Maybe two years. Whatever it may be. I, because if he's 34 35 and let's just say Taylor swim to him and get married and they want to have a family I don't know if he wants to do all of that and play football. That's a big we were talking earlier about commitments about podcasting and my family dynamic where I want I'm about to have a kid in July the dynamic of adding adding a child into your life it's it's a huge huge responsibility. And it's a huge time requirement as well. Let's just say hypothetically, that's what they want. Tell us what they and Kelsey get married. They have a family. I don't know if that may be what pulls him away. Because I see Jason Kelsey on his, the YouTube show that him and his brother have and then the documentary he had on Amazon Prime. He seems like a true family man, which might be pulling on him leaving the NFL here soon. I don't know if he's officially retired, but I've been seeing a lot that Jason Kelsey might be done. Dude, I don't know, man, because if Travis Kelsey is gone, I wonder what Patrick Mahomes is going to be. Because you can only do so much with guys that are up, what average players. You can only Uh do so so, so much with those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, and obviously his contract. I mean, he makes a lot of money. (laughs) And that makes it harder. I forgot how big
0: the contract was until I said it. I was like, oh, gosh, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, and that makes it harder to build around. I mean, that's why Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. You know? I mean, so we'll see. We'll see. And like I said, when those things that have been familiar with you, to you are gone, that's going to be interesting. And I'll tell you one, because, you know, look, I, I don't ever hide from it. Everybody knows me. I don't know if I'm a Packer fan. Favre wasn't the same without Mike Holmgren. No, he was not. And Troy Aitman was not the same without Jimmy Johnson. I mean, they they still won a championship with Barry Switzer, which if anybody needs to go, just Google <laughs> what Troy Aikman thought about Barry Switzer. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> I've that, heard that name that. in a long time. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm dating myself a little bit probably, you know, by saying some of these things, too. Uh, but we've seen it. We've seen uh in sports. I mean, Kobe Bryant without Phil Jackson. Yeah. It's not the same when you lose that guy. Now, Tom Brady kind of... I, I guess... For Belichick, it was him without Brady, not Brady without Belichick. Mm -hmm. So it was more for for Belichick on his deal. But we've seen this before. Uh, Certain guys, uh, they lose that coach. Um, And it doesn't, you know, it's it's not the same thing. Let me look. Michael Jordan never won a championship without Phil Jackson. So, Philip, I am
0: thinking about the 49ers, 49ers at this point. Lost in 2020, lost to 2024. Both games, they lost to the Chiefs, and I am wondering, what do they do? Do they need to get more – because defense was – defense was really, really good. However, they got hit with so many injuries in this game, and I wonder how that impacted the outcome. Because if they're fully healthy for all 60, 70 minutes of play, they might have won the game.
1: Depot Samuel is a big part of what they do him getting hurt was a big deal because you remember when they played Green Bay and I, cause I remember the next week uh, when the 49ers played the lions, uh, Greg Olson talked about this, that over half their offense is created around Debo Samuel. Well, when he goes out, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have another Debo Samuel. So half their playbook goes out the door because those plays are built for him. Um, and then, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Look, I, the fumble on the first possession, that was huge. I mean, I know the Chiefs didn't score off of it, but it looked like the 49ers were on their way. They were up 10 in this one. They were up 10 against uh, the Chiefs the last time. I, you know, it's kind of one thing. And I think overall this year, I don't think defense was as great because, you know, when they got Chase Young with Bosa. You're kind of like, oh, man, this is this team's going to be a terror. Um, it kind of didn't work out that way. Uh, obviously, you know, the linebacker situation too. It's it's wild, Jay, because it's like they're so talented. And Brock Purdy is not why they lost. Uh, he he is someone you could build upon. He has a, a, a tremendous future in the league. It, they're kind of like the Buffalo Bills. They're good. They just can't get past uh, the Chiefs. You know the only team that really is the Achilles heel of the Chiefs? That's Joe Burrow and the Bengals. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, just think about it.
1: They're the team that has stopped this team from getting to the five straight Super Bowls. Because you look at it, you mention it, you know, they won the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl. And then the Bengals lost to the Rams. The Chiefs won last year, and they won this year. And the Bengals knocked them out. That's one of the teams the Bengals had to beat to get to the Super Bowl the year they got there. And we've seen in the regular season, Joe Burrow has had success against this Chiefs team. Bengals have given them issues, so I guess it's good for the Chiefs that Joe Burrow got hurt this year and they didn't make the playoffs. But it's it, that seems like that is the one team that can get them. That and look, Tom Brady's retired, so any team he's playing is isn't going isn't going to be there because New England and uh, Tampa Bay. We talked remember when he did the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's uh, any team with Tom Brady and uh, the Bengals are right now the only teams. Uh, that can be the Achilles' heel of this Bengals of this Chiefs team, so I don't, I, I just don't know what the 49ers do. I guess you just gotta hope and pray to get Super Bowl again next year and start not against the Chiefs.
0: Well, this thought came into my head, and I'm gonna do a little spin on college football too. So bear with me. We both love the sport of college football, both cover it in different areas, and I was thinking about like Super Bowl, Super Bowl cities and Super Bowl sites. Um, it was in Vegas this year. I think it's in New Orleans next year. I think Idiot. it's in L.A. back-to-back years. I think it's Levi Stadium. Well, not technically L.A. I think uh California. I think one year it's Le- Levi Stadium. I think another year it's SoFi again. Um, But I was wondering, like, do you think Super Bowl – there's been conversation in college football by people that are very powerful in the sport that the Rose Bowl should host – the national championship in college football every single year. I'm not going there. But do you think that the Rose Bowl should get back in the running and should try to host Super Bowls once again?
1: It's the big enough stadium. You're in L.A., and it would look great on TV. You know, that. that's another thing. I, I would rather see it there than at SoFi. Yeah. You're so I – mean, so-
0: that's so it's, so it's such a weird stadium to me, just like Allegiant Stadium. You would think these big buildings, they would be they would see a lot of people. Allegiant Stadium only sees, I think, sixty five thousand. I think so far is like 70 can go to 100. I'm like, if you're going to expand it to 100,000 people, just keep it there automatically. Like, just do that.
1: But no, like, it's it's weird. It, you know, I don't know. It, I'm not a big fan of going back to a city you not too long ago went to. Right. Um There's other cities like why have you? I I know Miami is always tricky because you worry worried about the rain, uh, but I'm also not against that because football is supposed to be played in the elements, yes, sir. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't mind domes, I'm just saying no, but Miami is a city you could be in. Um, I mean, Atlanta, go to Atlanta, Atlanta's got a new stadium. I don't believe they've been to the Atlanta new Stadium for Super Bowl yet. Uh, if they have, I'm sure somebody on the internet will correct me. Um, I, I think one. I've seen some stuff. The Titans, maybe down the road, could mm-hmm. get a new stadium. And Nashville. I mean, Nashville is a very happening place right now. I yes. mean, people love Nashville. You get the country music side into it and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, there's plenty of different places you could you could do this. It's um, like that with college football. I mean, I feel like we go to the same places all the time there. Um, I feel like Las Vegas is going to happen eventually for the college football national championship game. I just – I just feel like that's going to happen. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, what are some places in college football we haven't been to? Really, I, I, you know, I just said Nashville. If they get a new stadium, can you imagine how good a national championship game of college football would oh, be gosh. in Nashville, Tennessee? Oh gosh, because you're in I, the FCC and I, and of course, I know you cover Ohio State. And, no, you're, you know, fine. You're, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You're yeah. Big Ten country. But I'm just saying the passion. And look, let's be honest, the weather would be a whole lot better than it is in some places too. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing. I said the elements, but at the same time, I don't want to see a championship game played in the snow in New York like we had that year between the Broncos and the Seahawks. I don't want that either. Uh, so, but, yeah, I, you know, one of the better cities, you keep hearing it, was Indianapolis was one of the better host cities, uh, which they're experienced with the Big Ten championship game every year. So, yeah, there's, a, there's other spots. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get one in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
0: Uh, <laughs> Hey, put a dome over Lambeau. That might do it.
1: Yeah. Um uh, poor Lambeau. I mean, it's probably the most tradition field stadium in the league, Uh, but there's never going to, there's no chance. Uh I think that's why they said, okay, we can put the draft there, but we can't do anything else for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right there. Now I was thinking about that because I'm not one, like, do I think the national championship of college football should always be in the Rose Bowl? No. However, if it's every four years and that's like your like the other three years, there's like a rotation of cities, but the fourth year it's always a Rose Bowl. Yeah, I would be I would be in favor of that all the time. I do get tired though with the Super Bowl site always being. Like the same places over and over and over. And I understand there's a bid, there's like a yet to bid, and your city you has to have so much. And yet, I'm sure it's a history of hosting big sporting events. You mentioned Indianapolis, it's like a sneaky good place to host a sporting event. The NBA All Star game is going to be there this coming weekend. They've hosted Super Bowl NBA All Star game even before this week. Um, 8,500 every single year, 300,000 people flock to Speedway, Indiana. For a 500-mile race around an oval, it's the weirdest thing in the world. But that place is rocking every single year. Um, can't do baseball. There's no major league baseball teams, so you can't host the World Series. Um, but they host so many events. Any convention can it comes here. It's it's very weird how that works out. But I do think though, Super Bowl sites need to get more of a rotation. I don't know how far up north you would want to go. Indianapolis works because it's inside. If they put a new stadium in St. Louis, that would work because it's inside. But like Soldier Field and Lambo, like you mentioned, like that wouldn't work at all. Um, new York, no. Seattle's weird because the rain comes into it. Like you're outdoors and it's rainy. It's rain all the time. So like there's some of these beautiful stadiums you just can't get to. But I do I get tired of New Orleans? I get tired. I used to get tired of Atlanta with the Georgia Dome, but then it kind of went over that a little bit. I do want to see more variety with those stadiums. Let's go to college football here, Philip. You're here. You're a big college football guy. Um, do you think that with the new format that the first round? I don't know how we got to college football. It what wasn't even planned. Uh guys. Bear with me. This is what we do. Every, every show, we find a way to we find a way to put this sport in the conversation. Um, Do you like the new? Do you like that the first round in the 12 team playoff is going to be in home stadiums on campus at schools? I like
1: it, but I'm also going to say this I don't like the second round because I don't either. I don't. Here's why. So you're one of the four best teams in the country, but you don't get to host a home game, but five, six, seven, eight, dude. I don't like that. I I would prefer. I'm cool with the semifinals and the championship game being neutral side. Obviously the championship game is going to be that way. I, I mean, fine with the semifinals, but yeah, the second round they, that needs to be at home sites too. But I think I saw even they talked about, and maybe it's more teams in the big 10 talk about, you know, if they're close enough to an NFL stadium, um, I guess like if Michigan was in it, they might would play where the Lions play because it's indoors and won't be as bad. Um, yeah I'm not for that i won't if they're gonna be on campuses be on campuses don't don't put them in n f l stadiums but that's gonna be fun um uh, yeah, i i would i don't i don't like that the top four teams aren't gonna to get to have a home game i hope they can figure out a way to, but we know what that's about we know it's to to appease the bowl people mm-hmm. i mean that's one hundred percent what that is i mean if we think the bowl Games don't matter in the fourteen playoffs. You just wait yeah. until this twelve team. The bowl games are just going to be. I will probably follow where if Auburn is in a bowl game or Troy or certain teams, but I'm probably not going to sit and try to want to watch every single bowl like I do now. Uh, it, it, it's hard enough to watch them. They are preseason light games, and I didn't mean to turn the, the playoff discussion into a rant on the on the bowl system, but. <laughs> Jay, I tried watching some of them things. It was hard. I mean, these aren't even the teams that were pl- anywhere close to the teams that were playing in the regular season when you get down to the rosters. So, it's just, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll say this. The group of five teams, I'll watch their bowls because that's pretty much their players. They're still playing. They got a little bit more of a care, but the power four now, man, those players are going to be playing that. And, you know. Nick Saban always said this. I can't believe I brought Nick Saban into this. I can. With everything going on in college football, you know what he always said? Is this what we want college football to be? NIL, transfer portal. He always talked about how the playoff really made the polls look weaker. He he talked about it. I mean, Nick Saban said all these things. Uh, so, it's, uh, I, I uh, talked to somebody earlier. We're in the new era of college football. The college football that we we knew, it's gone. We're in the new era. So, we'll see. We'll see. I
0: want to go back to the NFL in a second, but you talk, you brought up Dick Saban and talking about, is this what we want the sport to be? I think the sport was in a healthier spot beginning of the BCS and then middle of the BCS. Like, shortly after the – Shortly after Urban won, LSU won, I think in 09 or 08, and then once Saban got to Alabama, he started his run, and people got a little upset with the BCS system. Once they voiced their opinion and people, whoever's running the sport, decided we're going to change the format to a playoff, we slowly started to get away from the health of the sport. Dude, the sport was so much better when there was no pl- like national championship game. And I hate saying that because I love this sport. And I love that there's finally a national championship game. But it was healthier and so much more popular. And people enjoyed it way more. And I think the rivalries were more vicious and more vile back then, which makes things more fun to me. I don't like as much as I love it. This is not. The sport that I grew up and I grew up in the BCS era. Like I fell in love with the college football when the BCS era was already instituted. And I was like, oh, you're going to that game? I don't know about you, Philip, but to me the BCS national championship games feel bigger than the CFP national championship games do currently. I, I don't know your stance there. I'm curious to hear it, but that's where I felt for a long time. I think back and look back. Even the old Orange Bowls in like 04 and 05, I'm like. These games feel bigger in the BCS era than they do now, and I'm not sure why.
1: Well, I think the 14 playoff did that. It it said, okay, if you're not one of those 14s, the rest of these games don't matter. And then, of course, with players opting out. um, I'm actually, I'm for the expanded playoff. I want to see, I'd rather see those games than what we're getting in the bowl games. I agree with that. that There's going to matter more and i don't know i've always did and look, i'm in the south college football rules down here you know it is the top and especially in alabama but i've always kind of not liked it if you lost a game your season was over yeah and it that's college football is the only brand of football where we have that in high school you can lose a couple games you're you, you as long as you're in your region you make the playoffs obviously the nfl now i don't want to see a 6 and 16 win a national championship i'm not saying that like we've seen the New York giants do when they went eight and eight or nine and seven or ten and six but i would like to see more teams have that opportunity because sometimes look we don't have preseason in college football you you start the season that's it you don't have warm-up games like you do in the nfl you know in high school you got jamborees and kind of exposition games too so i'm you start the season, you might not have the right quarterback, or you're you're in our transfer portal. These teams are gelling, so at the end of the year, you may have a team get hot and can can do something. So I'm actually for it, but uh, but there's I tell you what thing bothers me, the transfer portal. I think everybody, a lot of old school people, fans like to say I don't like NAL. I have no problem with NAL. I mean, look, these guys were getting paid before we just it wasn't legal. I mean. I'm not accusing anybody of anything, Jay, but I'm just saying we all know the shenanigans that have gone on in this sport, especially in the South. Hey, I call it, Hey, it it happens, but (laughs) you know, but you know, you know, you know, tattoos. I mean, people get tattoos and get in trouble too. I'm sorry, Jay. I had to go there. (laughs) Oh, anyways, That pisses uh, me off, man. They they did those kids so dirty. (laughs) I know. That was the first thing that popped my head with the high state, but Okay, I thought you were only supposed to be able to transfer once. I'm seeing guys play for four or five different schools, and that's the thing college football, college athletics. You're supposed to take a player, and as a player, you're supposed to associate yourself with a school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get some things are bad situations, and you leave one time. These guys going to three or four different schools is getting ridiculous, and I think that's going to hurt the game just because you don't have that cohesiveness. And they're sloppiness about it. And it goes to college basketball, too. But I think they need to have some better rules with the portal. And another reason why I don't like the portal, as you know, I cover high school football, and you do as well. Mm -hmm. The transfer portal hurts high school kids. The only – because now teens are saying – because we're in the same window. The the early signing period and the transfer portal are in the same window. So – If you're a team, you say, well, I could bring in, signed a high school kid, but I've seen this guy play college football. I know what he's capable of doing. I'll go get him instead. Now, I've seen other high school coaches. I've seen other people bring this out. They should have it where the transfer portal does not open until after the early signing period. Yeah. So then, because I think Kirby Smart, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, he said, you know, it's like you're, you you kind of go pick up something you need at the store. Yeah. it's You're not getting all the groceries with the transfer portal, but it's like you're going to the, the drugstore or the dollar store or something like that. Yeah, I just want to get a few things here, but I don't want to buy all my groceries here. So it's just, I don't know. I, I kind of wish just because of what I do covering high school football, I, I kind of wish they would change that timeline. I, I think the transfer portal is hurting the sport more than anything else. I'm right there with you.
0: I think it's hurting it. I heard Doug Gottlieb say an easy way to feel like a big problem. It's not that players can transfer easily; you don't need to seek a waiver. Like that's not the problem. It's not a lot like not forcing kids to sit out a year because you're it's you're going to like part of colleges and education. That's the only reason that colleges exist. It's for an education. Athletics come second. Players are transferring. I really wonder how it's impacting the graduation rate graduation rates of these schools. Now, not in a great way because, like, in totality, you're not going to have a large number of players transfer in and out every single year that's, that's going to impact your graduation rate of the university. But, dude, you transfer, not all your credits move with you. So now, if you're sitting out a year, you're getting your school in check and you're staying up to date with where you're supposed to be, so you're not forced to stay a fifth year to graduate. There's so many different angles to this, but let's kind of move back to the NFL. Talk about problems in college football, things we would like to see fixed. Um, also, a little stadium fun conversation there that I really never had with you, but I really enjoyed that. Last thing here, though, Philip, what in the NFL would you like to see changed heading into next
1: season? Well, overtime rules stay the same, regular season and postseason. That's one I would like to see. NFL rules that would change. I would like more uh, eight thirty a.m. games on Sunday. I like waking up to football. Uh, I don't know. I, honestly, I I think the NFL. I like the I like where the NFL games at. Just kind of the, the quality of play. Um. Uh, yeah, it's I kind of a cop out answer. I, like just stuff that I would like to see different. Oh, I've got a rule change. That yeah. whole stupid rule where uh, you going out of bounds and it's a touchback in the end zone. Wait, you what? didn't but on the fumbles. On the fumbles? Yeah. If a player fumbles it and it goes out of the back of the end zone, it goes to the other team and it goes to the 20. I don't like that. Oh,
0: one. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You you didn't recover it. That's my thing. You should you should have to recover the football Correct. to get the ball back. You didn't recover. I mean, so I'll, if it was me, I would just be like, if it goes out of back and end zone, the ball just goes where he fumbled it. That's just I, that. That's what I got for you. I I actually have another
0: one. I had another thought. Didn't write it down. So if we get to it, great. If not, oh well. Um, but oh, I do know what it is. I do know what it is. But I'll get to that in a second. Um. NFL rules I would like to see changed. This is one that came to, came to my mind, and I'm not really sure what it is. Um, I live on the not East Coast, but Eastern Time Zone, and I'm gonna sound like a real old man here. That game was <coughs> I was tired at the end of the Super Bowl, man, and it wasn't just the fact that it was in the when the overtime. I'm sitting here like. Why are we waiting till 6:30 in the evening on the Eastern time zone to play this game? You could easily start it at 6 or 5 30 and make every it's a Sunday after. Nobody's doing anything Super Bowl Sunday. You say when the game's gonna be played, great. Now for you, Philip. if that game, let's say it's 5:30 Eastern, 4:30 in the afternoon for you might be great. I know you you I know there were church responsibilities. I don't know if you go to church on Sunday evenings or not, but like if it's that that time period, for most people, 5:30, we're fine. I know they probably won't change it because it's 6:30 and all of a sudden 6:30 goes into 10:30 because you know the halftime show is long and all those things that go into longer games, but I may change the time of the uh the game, but that's it. Here's what I got. This is not the original thought that I had in my head, but it goes into two things. Tony Romo slander or well, multiple things. Tony Romo slander. Cause I don't think he's good at his, I, I almost, I've never been a color commentator. So I don't know how difficult that job is. I just believe there are better people that have put their time in that are better at that job than Tony Romo. Tony Romo is at that same job. Chris Fowler has worn on me. When he first took over for Brett Musberger, I was not a fan of him replacing Brett Musberger. I didn't know who it would have been on ESPN, but I didn't think Chris Fowler was the guy. But I saw on Twitter he ended up calling the game, I think, for the was the United Kingdom. An English speaking country. He he called the game for that country. It was him, Lewis Riddick, Olafsky called the game. Now I know he won't go to CBS, but for CBS to fix their broadcasting, the number one broadcasting team, it's an easy fix. The guys who are number two, make the number one. I don't see any reason why uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis should not be the number one team there. You can still have Jim Nance there. He can still call games. But I don't see a reason why they should not promote those two guys to be the number one team. My first thought would have been Kevin Harlan because he's been around longer than Ian Eagle. and has been Well, maybe around the same time period but he's doing the thing on radio, so he's not going to give up the radio. He may give up the radio gig to call it on TV, but he's doing the radio every single year. I do think CBS needs to move away from Jim Nance. I've said it to you before. Romo needs to be moved removed from the booth. Iron Eagle, Charles Davis need to call the biggest game on CBS every single week and need to call the Super Bowl the next time CBS has that broadcast.
1: Well... I would go get Greg Olson. I told yeah, you this off air. You did because I, I watched that guy do an interview on Dan Patrick. He still wants to be the number one guy somewhere, and I got to thinking about that. Where's he got an opportunity to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, because Fox is pretty much locked in now with Kevin Burkhardt and Tom Brady. Um, we'll see how Tom does. Um, of course, ESPN with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That's my favorite broadcast team. Is those two. Uh, maybe because they've just been together so long, it, it, you, you can tell they're buddies, they're friends. It's, um, NBC, Mike Tirico, and Collinsworth, maybe he could. I don't know. I feel like NBC is positioning uh, Chris Sims to be the next analyst when Collinsworth is done. I, I just feel like that's how they're positioning him. Um, I like Charles Davis. Um he used to do SEC stuff like, way he did. back in the day. He like, did. It, it was the old regional we had it was called JP Sports. He was the sideline reporter. So I, I feel like I've Charles Davis has been around my whole life doing games. Did um, he play at Tennessee? I think he played at Tennessee. Yeah, defensive back. He was yeah. defensive back at Tennessee. Oh. Uh, so uh, I I was a big arena football fan. So here's a funny story about Charles Davis. He used to on TNN they would have a Sunday afternoon game. The voice of the Crimson Tide, Eli Gold, he did the games on there. He was a playoff play guy. Well, Charles Davis filled in a couple of times uh, with Eli Gold. And I will still remember the day when Eli Gold gave Charles Davis a uh, a stuffed elephant up there in the booth. <laughs> the Alabama Tennessee rivalry is always on. So, uh, but yeah, I like Charles Davis. And, and of course, you know, Iron Eagle's awesome. I mean, you'd be. You've had him on on this program several times. Yeah. A times. Always great to hear his voice. So I don't know. I, I and I'm not trying to escape your question, but I just don't know what happens with Greg Olson. I guess we I don't know. Did I just
0: saw your chat? Did you get did you get your other rule change idea in? So as you
1: know, I watched the alternative spring leagues. I don't know why I didn't say this when he asked the question. One of my favorite things they do is they don't have an onside kick. They have a fourth and 12 play. So let's face it, especially in the NFL level, how often do we see onside kicks work? They restricted that, how you can do it so much. It's very rare that an onside kick works. You know, put it at a 28-yard line. You get to run basically a fourth and 12. You get it. You keep the ball. If not, they get the ball right there. I think it, it would add excitement. And, uh, yeah, I would go with that rule change. The one
0: I will make, and we're going to wrap the show up with this. I hate – no, hate's a strong word, Philip. I don't want to use that. That's not – not sure. it's not time to use that word. I strongly dislike the rule where players can call a fair catch, and I believe this is in, in the NFL too, call a fair catch in, in the field, and then get the ball – I get the touchback. I don't believe that's only a college rule. I believe it's in the NFL too. Am I wrong?
1: I know it's in college. Um, yeah. Well you know in NFL most kickers get it out of the end zone That's anyway. True. So, That's so we true. don't I don't I don't think we if that is a rule in the NFL we're never gonna see it because it <laughs> is because they don't have returns in uh NFL. But yeah, yeah, I know for sure they do that in college. Yeah, I know That needs to stop. That. that needs to stop.
0: Forgive me, guys. i I do more college football watching than NFL. So I just assumed it was a universal rule, but I could easily see that coming to the NFL down the road. And I want to get up out of here before I embarrass myself even more. Philip, where can people follow you on X, still weird saying
1: that, and listen to your show? Uh, you can check me out uh all social media. You sit down there, P. Jordan, SCC. Check out the podcast over at WireGraphDailyNews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And I stole this from somebody, but I am going to use it here. Please uh, leave a review on the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. <laughs> I love it, guys. You can follow me on X at JSteven07.
0: Got more good stuff coming your way. There's a good chance there'll be a solo portion of this show coming at your on your feed later this week. We do a local spotlight here, Philip, where we just highlight something locally in Indianapolis. Primary, well, in Indiana, primarily Indianapolis, and with the All-Star Game coming to Indianapolis this weekend. I got a few thoughts I want to share about that event that'll be coming in your feed later on this week, guys. This has been the J.C. Podcast, episode 293. We'll see you next time.